deadpan. New way to go. Jack Mangan's deadpan. The way of the future. Deadpan. New way to go. Jack Mangan's deadpan. The way of the future. Hey, 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 welcome to Deadpan number 274. I'm your host, Jack Mangan, a.k.a. Richie Cunningham's older brother. Do not try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. There is no spoon? Then you'll see that it is not the spoon that bends. It is only yourself. Mayday, mayday. We need help out here in the field. Our cover has been compromised. Repeat compromised. Something about Dick Cheney blowing our cover because our investigations contradicted his political agenda? Anyway, I'm conveying a bunch of messages home from our agents out here in the field in case of the worst, in case we don't make it back. Some of these messages will be in code. Some will be straightforward. The Energizer Bunny says, On an unrelated note, Jack, I thought I'd give you a heads up that I won't be doing show notes on the May 7th episode, colon, sideways, colon. Desert Pixie says, Happy Monday, Pan. Now that my oh-some-consuming project at work is complete, my presentation is over, ellipsis. I can set my sights on helping with the meetup planning and getting everyone settled into town. Hit me with ideas, questions, comments, chains, whips, candlesticks, etc. Just a Joe says, I read that as old TARDIS carts. Retro says, okay, coyotes, you go scoreless against the Sharks, but beat the Blackhawks. How does that work again? Lopan says, Olga, my Olga. Definitely in code there. Used Hair says, I got the Canterbury Tales aspect. I'm in the poet story right now, and it is possible that some of the frustration is intentional. Parentheses, i.e., the poet is supposed to be long-winded, and no one in the group is enjoying his tale any more than I am. Close parentheses. The Energizer Bunny says, I've called the repairman. Let's see how long it takes for him to show up. Definitely code. Lopan says, I, Lopan, will give you $1,000 to see you do a backflip. Vanamond says, Don't cry for me, Argentina. Oh, wait. Espy says, No, but the Faf Americanos are hard to beat. CJ says, People still use Evite? J.R. Murdoch says, I think you meant stupid. Ed from Texas says, Downtime? I find the concept intriguing and wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Amy Bowen says in code, The pistol is good. The peg leg is evil. Star grin star. Van says, Ominously, no escape, I'm afraid. DJ Bunny says, Rule Britannia. And the first coded message of the week, Vanamon says, One of these days I may get a good night's sleep. Everyone, this is Chris from the Jesus Geeks, and you are listening to Jack Mangan's Deadpan. Jack, it's Lejean from Chandler, sending you content. Okay, it's late content. It's it's a Christmas story. We're almost at Easter. It's content. Everybody wants content. We all want content. 
Um, I wrote this in 2008. You may remember this because you were there when I read it the first time. And you said I could send it in for uh, Deadpan, and here it is. Yes, I know. It's late. I'm sorry. This is Dr. Zoidberg. You're listening to Jack Mangan's Deadpan Podcast. Christmas on Mars by Lejean A. Johnson. George Stack turned off the video message. Coming from Earth, it took more than an hour to get to him, and only a few seconds to cast a shadow across his day. He took a deep breath and let it out slow. He'd known for a long time that his father hated recording messages. The damn machines, as his elder put it, weren't fit to speak to, so the message had been short and to the point. George sighed. The video showed that his father still looked gruff and betrayed nothing about his emotions as usual, a trick George wished he could master. After hearing the message, he felt his face go red and his breathing become ragged. George closed his eyes. He held his breath a moment, then forced a steady stream through his lips. He repeated this action a couple of times. His breathing fell into a regular rhythm. Tightness sat across his face as if he'd been slapped. Still, he decided he should probably work his maintenance assignment. His shift began soon. The work still needed doing, and George's name sat on the roster. A knock came at the door to his living station. Come in. The response leapt from George's lips automatically. Habit dictated it. The door opened, and Paul Davis's head poked in. Yo, George, supply drop touchdown. This came addressed to you. Arms and shoulders pushed into George's domicile, handing him a padded manila envelope. I'll see you in the hydroponics bay. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Paul. Merry Christmas. George secured the door behind Paul as he left and sat down. The envelope displayed his parents' return address. He tore open the package, reached inside, and pulled out the first item his fingers touched. He pulled a small envelope made of white bonded paper from inside the large manila one. He tore the letter open without ceremony and began to read. Dearest George, it's your mother sending you joyous Christmas wishes from Earth. I'll bet you weren't expecting me to send a letter, but it's so difficult to have a simple conversation with all that time between responses. I'll talk, knit a sweater, you talk, I respond... I knit a pair of socks. It's so productively inconvenient. And sending a pre-recorded message is so cold. I always feel like I'm talking with a wall. So I thought what can be more personal than a handwritten letter from your mom at Christmas. And here it is. You know, back in the day, we used to communicate this way all the time. It's hard to think of you out there in the quintessence sitting on a whole other world. Of course, I'm sure you're doing well up there on Mars. Those NASA boys are so pleasant every time I ask how you're doing. They say you're the best, and I believe them because I always knew you were the best. So believing doesn't take all that much effort. But I tell you what did take an effort. Finding the perfect Christmas gift. NASA only foots the bill for so much, you know. And the FedEx charges for shipping to Mars are literally astronomical. And you can only count on the U.S. Postal Service so far with first-class postage? Rain, sleet, hail, and dead of night, maybe. But no one gives any guarantees about outer space. 
So there I am trying to figure out how to fit a mom-sized care package into a regular padded manila envelope and get it approved by those nice boys at NASA. It's not as simple as you might suppose. They've got size restrictions, weight tolerances, chemical composition guidelines, and a list of band items as tall as your father. Oh, your father sends his best, by the way. He's out in the back garden tilling for his turnips. Which reminds me, I had to get all of this prepared to send to you by mid-March so that I could get it on board the shuttle in time for you to have it for first Christmas. That is, I think it's for first Christmas, not second Christmas. You'll have to let me know which one it got to you for. My math isn't so good, and with Mars having almost twice as many days in a year as Earth, I didn't know which Christmas you'd get it for. I'd love to live in a place where Christmas comes twice a year. Anyway... I had to get it ready more than eight months early so that it could make the April flight. They tell me timing is critical, so I made sure your father kept me to a strict schedule. Naturally, that didn't help with finding an appropriate gift. So I finally decided on what to send. Turns out, I didn't need to spend much time in stores. It should be there in the envelope with this note. I hope it fits. I didn't have your current size to reference, and NASA Medical is very picky about giving out that sort of information to people. You'd think I was a spy the way they grilled me. It seems they needed your authorization to give out the information. I guess it's a different world from the one I grew up in. Well, I have to get this care package over to the nice boys at NASA. They're holding open the supply module waiting for me. Merry Christmas, Georgie. Love, your wonderful mother. George reached into the large manila package and pulled out the remaining contents. Inside were a stack of holiday photos of his parents, a black hand-knit pair of socks, and a hand-knit hat. The hat had been constructed of three different colored yarns, orange, yellow, and reddish-brown or brownish-red, a multicolored pom-pom set on top, and what might have been dog ears hung from each side. Hideous as usual. George turned back to his message terminal and replayed his father's message. Georgie, it's your father. Your mother died. The end. You can sing along. I can sing along? Uh-huh. Or you can dance, sure. <laughs> so this is a live, in-studio ear buddies. Something we've never done before on Deadpan. And maybe we'll do it a whole lot before the end so anyway this is desert pixie of course is my frequent in-studio collaborator and um sexy co-host i guess <laughs> here with me and she's going to tell me about the song that she she got for me that she chose for me to experience so um last minute this was this came up that we would try this live in studio so I had to thumb through my iTunes library, and I realized that I have a CD by a guy named Brian Buckley. Brian Buckley is an independent artist, and he's a singer-songwriter, um, plays guitar. And I found him maybe like 2007, 2008, somewhere around there, right when I my love for Rocco DeLuca was in its highest. So I was con- in constant search for another artist that was similar but a similar sound and um, a fantastic guitar player. And I don't even know how I stumbled upon Brian Buckley, but I did. And the song I chose is Little Pieces. 
and I was convinced, a few friends and I were convinced he would just take off and soar through the charts, and I don't know that he's ever received a single radio play. And I was so in love with his guitar playing and his sound and just the soul that comes out of these songs that I emailed him directly, and he emailed me back, and he was so gracious about, you know, all the words and the compliments that I gave him. And um, I wish I had that email. I did try and look for it before I came over tonight to see if I could read it, but um, I I don't have it. But anyway, so um, it's a very soulful song. Um, I think it's some fantastic guitar playing, kind of an indie um, vibe to it. It is not country. Um, <laughs> it's not Jeff Buckley and the Buckle Bunnies. It's just Jeff Buckley. Um, pretty raw and with his guitar. So it's, it's I hope not, everybody likes it. But it's not Jeff Buckley. Did I say Jeff Buckley? Yeah. See, this is where the confusion. Also, I had never heard of Jeff Buckley. And I think Brian Buckley came out before Jeff Buckley. And when Jeff Buckley came out and was like big on the radio, I was like, oh my God, that's my Brian Buckley. But they're two totally different people. And I don't even know that they're related. So my bad. So the song is Little Pieces by Brian Buckley, and I hope all of you, including Jack Mangan, enjoy it. Well, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like I'm going to have to kick this guy's ass. You're sending him emails? What the fuck? I know, but that was like six years ago I sent him no, emails. I'm, I'm still got to, I'm <laughs> totally kidding, of course. I know. And just, um, Jeff Buckley was out in the 90s. Oh. He, was, he's, he died in the 90s, too. Show, shows you what I know. And Jeff Buckley oh, was really? fantastic, too. Oh. He had a lot of soul, and it was really good. I thought um, I thought he was recent. Like, no. oh, okay. In fact, you would like him a lot. Oh. All right, and so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to listen to these songs that that um, Desert Pixie and the song that I have for her, and then we're going to come back and give our thoughts. Now, I'm not going easy on Desert Pixie here. <laughs> I'm going to really challenge her sensibilities with um, the song is called "Ghosts of Perdition," and it's from one of my favorite bands in the world band that I discovered through Deadpan and it is an Opeth song and uh, has lots of different elements so I'm curious if she can kind of weather the storm of the the most intense parts and kind of get to the uh, the other parts but you know again that's kind of giving spoilers so I won't say any more I'll just it's been set up and you know we'll listen together and we'll come back and you'll hear our reactions Hello, Deadpan. This is Amy Bowen, a.k.a. the Deadpan Ambassador. Lately, I have been going through a massive archive binge of old Deadpan episodes because I want to get caught back up again. I just listened to one of the Rich Catino interviews, and Jack, you said something about no matter how what what kind of music you like, there is a flavor of metal that is for you. And Rich Catino told a really cool story about proving to his students in his art class that metal music could be melodic. I thought that was a good segue into a voicemail. 
I wanted you all to know that one of the things I love about the Deadpan podcast and the Deadpan community is the way we all introduce each other to new things we love, such as including but not limited to styles of music and movies that other people in the community may not have been aware of before. I'll call back so I don't run out of time. All right, so you made it through all 10 minutes and 30 seconds of Ghost of Perdition. And so what are your, what's your reaction? Well, um, I know you've talked about Opeth um, several times with me in the past, and I know we've heard, I've heard some Opeth songs. And, you know, they're, they're very talented, and I have to say, every time I hear them, I cringe because I can't stand Avenged Sevenfold, and I just, that's what I go to as I compare Opeth. Oh my god. To Avenged Sevenfold, I know. <laughs> that's like the worst comparison you, ever. Like, no, but it's, you know, it's kind of the same, similar where it's got this operatic side and the dark side and, like, the songs. The song is not a, an, uh, it's not fluid for me the Opeth songs because they change tempo that the guys you know in the microphone screaming words I can't understand then it's regular singing then it's you know all this guitar playing in the background they'll slow down the guitar playing then it'll be real hard guitar playing so it's not fluid motion for me and that's that's you know one of the things I really despise with the Venge Sevenfold so with that being said I actually thoroughly enjoyed this song and I'd say, like, the last third of the song really reminded me of Typo Negative, which I enjoy quite a bit. Um, I couldn't catch about 95% of the lyrics. Um, so I don't know what the song is about. That, I don't know if that matters to Opeth and their listeners, or if they're just there for, you know, the the sounds rather than the meaning of the words. What do you, Can you give me some insight on that? Um, yeah, actually, I have no idea what the song's about. I've never paid that much attention. <laughs> and you're right, there's a lot of growling. But, you know, the his lyrics are actually pretty good. I mean, he, the Opeth tells a lot of... There's a lot of storytelling in their songs. And so um, I believe that this song is, is no exception. I believe that there is probably a full, fully realized, fully developed story behind it. And I said Michael Ackerfeld is kind of the brains behind Opeth. And he... Uh, so I'm going to assume that if we were to look up the lyrics, we'd probably be somewhat impressed. Okay. But you know, I enjoyed it. I there's, you know, I I enjoy some some good metal and some some stuff I can rock to, and you know, di- just different things that are out of my comfort zone. When you you know prepped me to be prepared for the the out of control intense moments, I didn't feel anything intense in that song other than the growling, as you called it. Um, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm glad you like it. I mean, to me, that song is, is everything a good Opeth song should be, and, you know, nothing at all like Avenged Sevenfold, because it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's got an epic feel, and it's really, you know, creatively assembled, and the melodies are really brilliantly put together, as opposed to Avenged Sevenfold, which is kind of aimed at the radio and kind of not really very uh, creative or exciting. Um, you know, it's full of bombast. They're both full of bombast, but that's probably about the only thing that I, that I see in common with the two. But, you know, I I think that this song, like I said, I think it's everything a good Opeth song should be. It's epic. It's, it's you know, it's beautiful at times. It's it's uh, eerie at times. It's dark at times. And it's, it is loud. It does have the bombast at other times. And it takes you on a journey. What's bombast? I don't know what that is. 
It's it's what Boss Nass said in Star Wars. It is. Yes. Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. I was thinking Star Trek. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> so so moving on to uh, to little pieces. Um, and you know, I my reaction was I I also like this. Um, you know, if you're going to compare him to Rocco DeLuca, I don't. I think Rocco DeLuca's at least his best songs I think are better than than this song. But you know, this. I also would disagree that this guy had any chance ever of being huge. You know, I just don't think this type of music is kind of bluesy. It can almost picture the tiny club. This guy like, on a stage, like one foot off of the ground. You know, with you know, a bunch of girls in half shirts kind of swaying to the music in front of him. And that's that's what I that's what I see when I hear it. But, you know, he's definitely talented, and, like, and it was a good song. I, I think I would like to hear the song live, too, although I won't really sway in front of the stage in a half shirt. <laughs> but, I mean, I would like to hear the song live. I think, you know, he seems like a you know, talented guy. And it, it is, it's a sh- while I would agree that it's a shame that this type of music is completely, will never, ever overlooked. be in the... Well, yeah, it's overlooked. It will never ever be accepted as you know, in the huge mainstream that that consumes you know Justin Timberlake and Selena Gomez and that crap. I think I think all those same people who listen to that garbage would also like this. Um, but anyway, I, I liked it. I like his guitar playing. You know, it definitely had some Santana feel to it, def- especially at the little instrumental break at the end. Um, I also even heard some Kirk Hammett. Um, you know, he definitely loves his wah-wah pedal. This guy, mm. Brian Buckley. Brian Buckley. Yes, I'm, and I'm relieved that, you know, he didn't have, like, a big piece of hay sticking out of his mouth. <laughs> and a straw hat. <laughs> um, you know, not, and, you know, if you know me, you know, there is country music I like, but not a lot of uh, contemporary country. So there you go. That's my thought. Anything more to add? No, I think this is a fantastic idea to do a live here, buddy. All right. Well, maybe since I'm completely drained and out of ideas for the meetup, maybe we can do a session of these. Just a thought. Nobody, you know, if you're cringing and saying, oh, crap, then don't, you know, don't worry. We won't. It's no pressure. It's just a thought. Yeah. And if I can um, digress for just a moment and and throw out there to my other ear buddy who I'm about mm, eight months behind on, you know, I was forced... um, I was forced and and tied to the bed here to do this Ear Buddies Live last minute. So I know you're probably kicking yourself and going, wow, I've been kicked to the curb here, and who's this Jack Mangan that trumps me of getting an Ear Buddy from Desert Pixie when I've been patiently, patiently waiting for nine months, sending her email after email, asking her to complete her Ear Buddy. So to my Ear Buddy partner out there who's listening over the radio waves, I promise you... Within the next 48 hours, you will have my segment on Ear Buddies, now or, that I am free from the chains of work. Or you'll just have to, you know, tie her to the bed, I guess. Yeah. All right. And you know what? That's a perfect setup for the next segment, which actually is a voicemail from Paul Mackey. So, <laughs> so thank you for the lovely Ear Buddies. Thank you. Hey, Deadpan, Paul Mackey. Um, so I got this uh, this yogurt, and its flavor is apparently called, or it, the flavor is called, Strawberry Orange Sunrise. 
So, you know, I bought it because I thought that would be pretty good. Strawberry, yeah. Okay, check. Orange, okay. Apparently, the sunrise is banana because uh, it doesn't say strawberry, orange, banana sunrise. It says strawberry, orange, sunrise. Sunrise is, well, frankly, a little bit gross. But uh, anyways, uh, that's all I had to share right now. And I'll talk to you later. This is Paul Mackey from the freezer room out. Deadpan is the motherfucking way. Venn Diagrams from Hell St. Richard, Huey, Parker, Lewis, Black, Can't Lose, and the News, Blues Robert, Rubber, Nuclear, Planters, Peanuts, Fasciatus Wright said, Fab Five, Fredo, Mercury, Kruger, Flintstone, Durst, Got Fingered Nashville, Predators, Drone, Pussy, Tennessee Morgan, Brittany, Spears, Freeman, and Seven Brides for Seventh Son of a Seventh Son of Samuel L. Jackson, Five Dollar Footlong Fellowship of the Ring, or alternately, Five Golden Ring, Papa Roach, Motel 666, The Number 23, Musketeers, Nougat, and Chocolate and Caramel, Rolla, Dexter, Morgan, Brittany, Spears, Freeman, and Seventh Son of a Seventh Son of Samuel L. Jackson, Five Butterscotch Tape Whiskey Guard. And wait, while we're on this, Haggis, Bagpipes, Braveheart, Kilt, Highlander, Macbeth, if it's not Scottish, it's crap. What is it with the Scots and the heads and the intestines? D. E. A. D. P. A. And dead pan. All right, thank you for listening to Deadpan 274. We're going to wrap up with uh, Dumbass Memory from Amy Bowen, and then we're going to close with probably the first ever mashup that I put together. Not the best, but the first. I ended up calling it Earth Time Pig's Fate, just kind of randomly cribbing um, stuff from the titles and some of the elements. Anyway, enjoy. Thank you for listening again. Deadpan is the motherfucking way, at least a little bit longer. And um, I'll see some of you soon. Memories. Hello, Deadpan. This is Amy Bowen, a.k.a. the Deadpan Ambassador. I have a work-related dumbass memory to share. A large part of my job consists of calling people and telling them, hey, your VPN connection is down. So I did that today. And just as I was leaving for the day, I noticed I'd gotten a new email in our group email account that said, hey, such and such a client is moving their data center tonight, so their routers will be down. And I recognized it as one of the ones that I had made a phone call to today. I was finding this after I had left three voicemails and sent emails to two people to tell them that their VPN was down. 
oh boy, I felt like a complete idiot, and they are not going to be impressed with us. And to make it, to make matters even worse, that could have been avoided if I had read through all of my email more carefully. I probably would have found the pre, uh, earlier notice of that one. But what's done is done. Too bad. It's a mine, it's a fairly minor social gaffe at worst. At least I hope so. I, and I know I probably will not hear anything about it. Okay, talk to you later, Pam. Bye.
Merry Christmas, Georgie.